cannoli. You forgot to hold. You forgot to hold down the reverse button. I did. Well, I didn't forget. You actually oh. never said, and you gotta hold them down for a few seconds. Oh, now it's my fault. It's your fault. You said hit these two buttons twice each. Okay, got that. Then hit this one, and then hit that one, and you're ready to go. <laughs> you didn't say, and take your thumbs and hold them down for two seconds each. Well, I thought you I was going to blame you until you blamed me. I don't blame nobody, bro. I'm just saying you messed say, up. I made a mistake. I didn't I didn't know I had to hold both buttons down. He said, I didn't know. I didn't freaking know. You know what until I'm saying? Until you get on in front of three million people and go, ah, the cannoli didn't hold the buttons down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just cracked my neck. That felt great. Oh, man. I could use a crack in the neck right man, now. I'll tell you something. <laughs> Whoa, you all right, bro? What's up? I am sorry about that. Still you, just getting over the trail end of this thing. Well, you know, sometimes when you get them, they don't ever want to go away. My doc said I would have a cough for about six more weeks. Well, tell your doctor to shut up. You know how you get rid yeah, of that cough? I want a new doctor. You, get pi- you eat pineapple. You know, by the time I get three weeks down the road, I'll find the doctor I want, and he'll say, oh, you're only going to have this for three more weeks. Yeah. I'll go there. See? See? That was a better answer, bro. What's up? There you go. Three weeks later. Robert. He even gave me one of these. One of these little, uh, like, Ooh. like asthmatic inhaler Is thing. that a combo vent? What's that? Is that a combo vent? It's a, uh, what is that? I don't see a brand name on it or anything. Oh, bro, you got an inhaler? Pro Air. Oh. Uh, for, for coughing and wheezing. Oh. Pro Air HFA. Abdu. Oh, oh, it's albuterol. Sulfate. Albuterol sulfate. Oh, okay, bro. Which I can't say three times fast. So that's only when I get into these, I get these little coughing jags I go into from this thing. And I've had this. I get this at least once a year for the last 20 years. So, so uh, one time you're just like you, I get super sick. Yeah, yep. I get super sick. And I often wonder when I'm super sick, I says, so when I'm going to be like 80 years old, is this going to be what kills me? Oh my me? God. Yeah. Cause when you're right now, I get into a coughing jag and there are times my head gets a little dizzy. I'm like, you go, holy fudge, you know, whew, that was a coughing jag. I don't like that. What if I was 87? Yeah, you'd be dead, bro. I'd probably die. Dude, I got, holy crap. What do you got? No, my phone's just going nuts. I just had to go on silence. I've, I've kept my phone on silence. Live for the on last... radio, too. Look what we're talking about. I know. This for, is our topic for today, folks. For the last three days, bro, I've kept my phone on silent, and it has been freaking mm. beautiful. Isn't that nice? Beautiful. You know, I put my phone on silent for, for radio. Yeah, that too. Oh, what's I put up, my bro? phone on silence for radio. <laughs> then I forget to turn it back on. And all the next day, I'm like, oh, that was, I didn't get any calls today or anything. And I look back at my phone, I've missed like 12 calls because it's silent still from last night. So in our chat room, we have what I've always thought her name was Eerie. Yeah. I thought that was kind Airy. of weird. I thought it was, why it's do you got Eerie, isn't it? E-R-Y, Eerie? Era or something like that. She says, she said it sounds like Erica. But to stop at the eye. See, see, I thought it was like like Aaron without the N. Aerie. Oh, Aerie. I've always said Aerie. Dude, there's some, you know, some of these YouTube names, you know, it, it's so mysterious. You know, it's so mysterious yeah. on who these guys are or girls are. And 
Well, we're good with that. That mystery stuff is kind of exciting. I like you know? mystery stuff. Dude, I like mystery stuff. I like Aries' name because it's mysterious. Era, bro. Era. Era? I'm going to have to call her. I'm going to have to call her on Facebook Messenger and just say, tell us how you call say your Aries. shit. All right? Era. Tell us how you say your shit, Era. E. Uh. <laughs> you know, this is what was fascinating to me. I told you uh, uh, for last night's show, we, I had seen the movie Tolkien over the weekend. About J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote the whole Lord of the Rings uh, uh, novels and all that back mm -hmm. in the 20s and mm -hmm. uh, 20s and 30s, I think. Uh, maybe it was even as late as World War II. Oh. But he recounted, he, he said many years later that he drew on all his experiences from World War I and having fought in the trenches and all of that um, and all his experiences. As most writers do, they draw on their experiences to create their themes and their characters and things. But he was, before he was a writer, he was a linguist. Oh. He was into languages. And you're talking about Ari's name, Era. Oh, how, See, it's she... confusing shit, bro. Yeah, we have to get on a group chat with her and and uh, call her up and see how to really pronounce it. But then it. you got some of these YouTubers that have like eight words for a name. I know. It's like, what the hell? Every time I want to talk to you, I got to go, at... Thunderstorm Galactic Empire <laughs> Dash One Nineteen Twenty. Oh, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, um, uh, Tolkien was he created a language because he was studying language. He studied languages. That's what he did for fun as a hobby when he was a young man. He created and he created this whole what he called an Elvish language. But it wasn't just created out of Oh, there's a great gibberish word, uh, gibberish, uh, you know, and, and I start creating. He studied why archaic language, even archaic English sounds. If you get somebody from the four or five hundreds up to the up to up to a thousand A.D. in English talking, you're not going to be able to understand the English because it was pronounced differently back then. Uh, and so he took all of that into consideration. It's hard to describe, but the beauty of that movie was that you would look at that and say, that's the most boring as shit topic I've ever heard of. Oh. But this was in the subtext in the movie. It shows how he did what he did and the emotional things that went on in his life and all of his experiences. But he was sitting with one of the old professors and they were talking in archaic language back and forth to try to fit. And I found, and there was like music in the background to it. And there, it was this beautiful thing. It was like, um, I likened it to, Way back, uh, when was it that uh, Shakespeare in Love? Did you ever see that movie? Absolutely not, bro. What's up? Dude. I don't watch that kind of shit, dude. Cretin. But anyway, what do you mean shit? It was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was in it, and uh, uh, Joseph Fiennes played Shakespeare. And it was all supposed to be about his poor days when he was, you know, of course, got out of the way the theory that Shakespeare didn't write any of his works at all. But uh, it was all that William Shakespeare wrote his own stuff and he's writing and he's playing the scene on stage at uh, one of those theaters like the Globe Theater that he built. They had built one for the sets for the movie and it was just spectacular. Oh, and they oh. were in there and they were playing the Romeo and Juliet scene. Yeah. And I have never seen it more well. into. you've always heard. You know, the balconies. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Oh, bro. And, uh, um, and uh, oh, you what? 
Lo, what light in yon window breaks. Oh. You know, all those lines, yeah. those familiar Romeo and Juliet lines. Right. I have never heard anybody interpret that scene so well and so uh, full of, of, of passion and ethos as did Fines and Gwyneth Paltrow. Dude, what was that one story where that chick had super long hair and she threw it out a window and they used it for a rope? Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down thine hair. Oh. No, that was uh, that was also a Disney cartoon, oh. uh, which my kids have watched three million times. Wow. So uh, Rapunzel was called uh, uh, Twisted. <laughs> Twisted. Yeah, because of the hair, you know. Oh, that's right, dude. I know so. Yeah. I know so. And I've seen it so many times, I can even sing the songs. Yeah, from it now. that's all right, bro. It's we we don't, That's all right. We don't judge. It's, so yeah, I'm surprised. Well, you got three boys. You don't have your boys sitting at home watching Disney cartoons about Rapunzel. No, we don't. <clears throat> even if we had girls we wouldn't be watching that shit either bro so you know what i hated about that movie they named the the guy who became the love interest in that his name was flynn Ryder. and now that movie came out like a year or two years after flynn was born my son is now 10 and i think uh, i don't know when twisted came out a couple of years later and when people hear my son's name flynn when he was like two and three they go oh you named your boy after that guy in the disney cartoon i'm like no i did not I did not name my son after a cartoon. So that came later. Oh, I named my son after Errol Flynn. So who's Errol? Oh, is that really where Flynn got his name? I wanted something well, cultural. We're Celtic. I wanted something swashbuckling, adventure for a son. What about Rocky, dude? That's adventure. I named him Flynn Liam Roberts. Boom. Adventure in a name. What's your name? How would you like that? Wouldn't that be cool? What's your name? My name is Flynn. I smolder. What's your name? My name is Rocky. I eat faces. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) You guys would make a great gang. Dude, I'm all about gangs, bro. But see, you'd be the muscle. Of course. You wouldn't be the the leader of the gang. Can muscle be men of peace? You know what I'm saying, bro? I want to be a muscle, but I want to be a man of peace. A man of peace with muscle. I go give people hugs when shit gets a little out of control. You know what I'm saying? Give me a hug. Flynn Flynn is like the leader. Yeah. I'm the leader. I'm Flynn. I'm Flynn. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yo, I'm like Rocky. I'm like little John, you know? Whoa. So, um, okay. All right. That was cool. Would that make a great version? We could write our own kid's book. Our own updated version of Robin Hood using characters like Flynn and Rocky. Dude, what would I be? Yeah. What would I be in Robin Hood? Rocky, the little John character. Who's that? You do know I have you as a character in the fox and bear version of the Egyptian novel. It's like the big ox or something, right, bro? Yeah, he was Oxo Moxicelli. Moxicelli, bitches. What's up? You know what he was? I got a picture of it. He was a big water buffalo, huge, muscular water buffalo. He had the, the two big horns. One of them busted off. Uh, he had an ear with a big earring in it and a bite mark in one of his ears. And he had scars and stuff. And he wore this bandolero with two pistols on it. He was a, an Italian mercenary. Hell yeah, he was, dude. Rocco Muxich. No, not Rocco. Uh, uh, Oxy. Oxo, ah, whatever, Moxicelli, Oxicelli, Oxicelli was the last name. So where are we going with this, bro? Huh? Where are we going with this? Nowhere. (laughs) 
It was on my agenda. <laughs> it was on my agenda. Hey, by the way, Roberts did a little paranormal event. And, yes. he, and he used the spirit box wrong. Yeah. Rocky didn't tell me I had to hold down two buttons for two seconds each. He just said, hit each one of these buttons. So you didn't. Which I did. So Scotty had a, Scotty had a whole group out. Yep. And all he had was a single sweep, just one white Let noise. me show you. This is the spirit box. Oh, boy. You see these little, he said, when you turn it on, here, I'm going to do it right here live. Do it, bro. Do it. Live. Do it. We're not scared, bro. What's right. up? Right. Look, he said, hit swipe twice and swipe twice. And he said, then he said, hit the rev button and the rev button. Yeah, I did. Okay. So I did that. And this is what I got all night. And I thought, there's nothing wants to talk to us tonight. Can't hear it. But he tells me this morning, he says, oh, you held down the, you held it down until it flashed and held it down until it flashed. Right. I said, no, you didn't tell me that. So right now it's like live. I'm like, is anybody, hey, we're live. Dude, what the hell was that, bro? Did I say something? It did. It said something to you, bro. You got shit going on. Anybody want to talk to us? We're live on radio. Say hi to Rocky. Can you tell us who you are? Dude. I know it's daylight and not creepy and dark, but I don't think you guys need creepy and dark to say anything. Can you tell us? Is anybody here? Dude, when you were doing it earlier, before we went on, yeah, you had that one man's voice, creepy voice, come through. Well, last night I I had done it the wrong way. I was sitting here testing it before I went out. What was that? No idea. Unintelligible. <laughs> All right. So this is what I did last night. Only I didn't get that far because I didn't hold the button down for two seconds. Oh, bro. So Somebody it's my didn't fault, tell me that bro. part. Up, bro? It ain't my fault. And uh, so anyway, so, I, so, uh, I went out there. We got no sound at all. We got other stuff, but we didn't get That's funny as shit, bro. Yeah. We were at this old building last night. And uh, uh, it was on the Renaissance Festival site. It was the old pavilion building. And the story of this building was that sometime 20 years ago or more, 30 years ago, a group of irresponsible pagan types raised something very evil out there. This is as the story goes. And that there was a group of much more responsible pagans that had to come in and shut it down. And I know who some of these people were, as a matter of fact, because I was told this story by somebody else many years ago. And, uh, and one of the people that was involved in it. And they shut it down and they locked the entity because they couldn't eradicate it. They locked it on the upper floor of this pavilion. Yep. And the pavilion is a stage that's basically, it's got no walls. It's just got posts all the way around it and seats on the inside. And there's an upper floor that's wide open. And then there's a roof line with a big steeple on it. And think, you know, Tudor England, think uh, Elizabethan era is, is what it looks like. And uh, up on that upper floor, nobody's been allowed up there. When I was out at festival 20 years ago, you weren't allowed to go up there. Really? Yeah. And uh, nobody was ever up on the top. 
And uh, that thing stands out in Rocky. You've been there at night when there's no lights. That stands out against the sky, and you can see the dark outline of that big steepled building. That's really against, cool, actually. Against the gray sky. But so we're sitting there last yeah, night. Yeah. And Jimmy is telling the story of what had happened up there and the entity that's supposed to be up there. And, you know, we're, we're trying to tell people this isn't just an urban myth of the Renaissance Festival. This is something we know the people who were involved in this. And this happened. And this is supposedly what happened there. And so I turned this thing on and, of course, got nothing. <laughs> uh, and so uh, um, but as Jimmy's telling the story, he says, and there's an entity that is supposedly trapped up there. And I said into the box, I said, or to the air. And I said, if you're up there, could you say something? And as I'm saying that, you hear this big, whoa, upstairs. And we we all looked up there. And we had an audience that was out there that was touring the grounds with us at night. And uh, wow. Uh, and we walked over. We couldn't get up into the tower to get up there. Uh, it was locked up and stuff. But uh, it was very uh, interesting that now you get stuff like that. People go, oh, the wind blew something and it rattled or whatever. That's yeah. the kind of thing you'll get from skeptics and people. The thing that Rocky and I have always noticed about this kind of paranormal stuff is when it happens. It usually, when you get stuff like that, it's right on the heels of asking for something. Give us a sign that you're here. Make a sound. And, blah, blah, blah. and we go, oh, it was the wind. Yeah, right. Yeah, shut up. Uh, yeah. Now, we didn't have a chance to just sit there for hours and see if it happened again or go up there or anything like that. Uh, we would have to uh, get around the locked uh, tower door and stuff like that. But I will tell you this, that was the one big interesting thing, even though we got nothing on the box. Um, got nothing on the we box. Got, we got a sound from the upstairs right over our heads when we asked for it. Dude, I want to try to go up there this weekend. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I'm just saying, dude. Just saying. I, I'm going to ask Jimmy about that and see if we can get, uh, or the security people at least, see if we can get some keys to get up there. Well, what we need to do is we need to get permission to bring the people up on the knoll. Because that's that would be nice. Happening. The only thing about the knoll and folks at the festival, there's an old stage. It's the oldest building out at this festival. It's been there almost 50 years. And uh, uh, it's an old it's it's called the bakery stage. And it was an actual bakery. They had the big brick ovens and stuff like that. And there's a big stage out front in an audience area. But it's built into the side, this hillside. And there's old oak groves yeah. over the whole site. And to get up there behind that, there's a, a plateau up on the hill. You can stand up there and you can see the front gate and you can see the all the parking lots. And that's where as the Royal Guard every day, we called that Cannon Hill because we have a cannon up there. And we would set off a cannon to, for opening gate and closing gate up on the up on the knoll. But uh, they don't let people go up there because there's no security up there. It's not safe. Getting up there is not safe. You walked up the stairway with me. It's like almost like tree roots in the dirt alongside the building to get up to the top of that knoll. And so they don't let people up there. Um, I even had one of the security people say, we can go anywhere we want next weekend or this coming weekend, but we can't take people up on the knoll. That's so dumb. We can go up there. Yeah, we can. But so... Yeah, but we got some crazy stuff up there last year. Dude, really good stuff last year, bro. Yeah. I'm not even scared. Just when we were up before before the actual show, we went up and pre-recorded some things. We did, and it said my name. What's up, bro? It said your name up there. 
So I'm looking forward to getting back there. We're going to be there on Friday and Saturday nights. We are going to be streaming. Are we streaming on Facebook or are we streaming on YouTube? Can we stream live on YouTube from up there? Hell yes, we can. Because I can't stream live on YouTube yet because I don't have a thousand followers yet. That's what you got to have to stream live on YouTube. Something like that. You have to have a certain number of, of subscribers now in order to be able to do certain things. <laughs> That's on YouTube. so dumb. I dude. can't monetize my channel until I have over a thousand subscribers. They won't let me monetize my channel because they keep giving me some crap excuse that I'm not referencing enough where my information is coming from. I'm like, well, I'm not news. I'm an opinionated conversational yeah. show. I'm not, I'm not giving a commentator. I'm not a they publisher. Just, they won't monetize me, bro. I got declined again the other day. You know what? That's uh I was listening to some of Joe Rogan's shows and uh, Joe Rogan. He has guests on that, that say, this is my own copyrighted piece, piece of music or whatever. Uh, play this. And, and he goes, Joe Rogan's like, no, 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 no. He says to his producers, don't play it. They'll nail us for that if they can. Yep. Uh, because YouTube will go out of its way to make sure they don't have to pay you anything. Ain't that And weird. one way they do that is saying, oh, you had eight seconds of music in the background of a recording you made while talking to somebody. Yep. 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 And that's a copyrighted piece of music. So we can't, we can't uh, monetize your channel. Well, you know what, what, dude? They can shut up. This is why I just want to start having all the video on our website, streamingtalkradio.com. I want to yes. set up a chat group there. I want to be able to have 100% full control of if there's advertising on there, that advertising is for us. You know what I'm saying? Um, we are, I don't like, we were talking before the show about podcasts. Yep. You know, I want to own my own shit. This is why I stay independent. So nobody else has control of my content. You That's know what it. I'm saying? And I don't like it when people have control of my shit. Bro, what's up? Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. It's stupid. Scotty, we only got a couple minutes left, man. I, How about I, that? I ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? I got nothing. But when we come back, what I do want to talk about is, um, let me pull a couple things up here. I want to, you know, we, we've been inundated about multiculturalism. Um oh. One of my least favorite words in the English language. Really, dude, it is. It is. Um, It's not that we're against, obviously, if anybody knows Scotty, if anybody knows me, we love cultures, right? We do. We love cultures. If if Scotty and I could just travel the world and do documentaries about any culture, dude, we'd be all over it. But it's when you force cultures upon cultures. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like you're trying to accommodate to their ways and expecting them to accommodate to your ways. Yep. You know, it's, it turns into a mess. And I think that is what Britain is dealing with. London is dealing with Germany. You got Merkel who says that German multiculturalism has failed. I wonder why I just, you know, it's kind of weird. I wonder why. I don't know why. Uh, Maybe we're, it's, uh, we're racist all along. We're what? racist for even saying that it ain't going to work. I know that's the problem. Uh, that's what their problem is. Yep. It's like when you told me you had a news story on Merkel this morning about that multiculturalism is failing us. We were both like, well, duh, duh. Yeah, I told you that five up. years ago or more, but was Merkel listening to us? No. Well, you know, and, and the problem is with Germany, it was forced multiculturalism. It just wasn't somebody who went through an immigration process, who went into another country, became a, a legal citizen, did everything by the book. This was a forced, you know, uh, multiculturalism to where you were bringing people into the country. They still said that there's thousands of people that they don't even know their true identity. 
You know what I mean? That's and, it. They're still living in the country. So, anyways, when we come back, we'll cover that a little bit. Who knows where we're going to go? We've been talking about, I think, Romeo and Juliet and all this shit this first segment. Romeo and Juliet. Dun, 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 dun. Samson and Delilah. And that is, of course, the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts. I'm the emotional meatball, Rocky freaking Stucci. You're listening to the Situation Room right here, Mojo 5 Radio, Odyssey Radio. To get all of our information, folks, go to streamingtalkradio.com. Everything you need is right there. Everything you need, except us physically. And you need that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. I know on the inside you're jamming, bro. I see you thinking. I see you thinking. What's up, brother? I could jam. I could jam away, but I don't want to distract from. You're the host. It's your show. Why am I gonna try to show you up, dude? Is this even a show? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a show. You know, it's weird because you know we'll put something in like the show title. And people come on and think we're going to do a whole hour talking about something. And, we, you know, it's usually like five minutes we cover that shit. And we're on talking about whatever. You know, that's like uh, when I do my own shows. I choose a, a topic I'm going to talk about. And that's the title of the show. And I'm into the show 40 minutes before we even hit the topic. Because i got to do the buildup, you know. You do. Oh, yeah. That, well, that's like picking up a magazine where you go, there's a cover story of something you really want to read. And you spend seven bucks on that magazine. And you get in there and you're thumbing through. You're like on a page 103 before you hit the topic. Oh, there's the article on a page 103. Dude, I don't That's even. we are. You We're know, on page 103 now. I'm looking at these stories and I just. Dude, yeah. you just become tired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, just tired of this shit. You know? I do. I do. It's like, I don't know, man. I've just. It's important shit to talk about, but you just, we've been talking about some of this stuff for years and nothing has changed. Did you hear that uh, Hillary Clinton was trying to mock President Trump with a fake letter, but it backfired on her? What? Yeah. I got that up right in front of me. Well, Speaking tell us news. more. Tell us more, Roberts. What's you know up? that Hillary Clinton, that, that she continued her attacks against President Trump on Sunday circulating a phony letter to mock the president over a letter he sent earlier this month. The fake letter is written on official White House letterhead, and it's dated October 16th, 1962. The letter parodies a message sent by then-President John F. Kennedy to then-Russian leader Nikita Khrushchev. The letter says, all right, come on, come on trying to read the content of the letter, and it's, it's, it's loading for me. Oh. Let's go. So uh, there, way to keep me in suspense, Internet. Yeah, we don't judge you, bro. Yeah, don't judge me. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. It says read more. Click here, and I, I, I clicked read more, and it won't come up. Oh, because you need a subscription, bro. Well, I've never needed one on here before. Did they change it? Oh. Dude, nothing's coming up. What? So now I can't finish that story. 
Don't worry about it. Oh, it says it's waiting. It says it's waiting. It's waiting. Anyway, so apparently uh, uh, she circulated. I want to see if it's on any other news sources. Here's a good test. Uh, Hillary Clinton fake letter. Let's see what comes up. News about Hillary Clinton fake letter. Okay, it is on other uh, news sources. Um, here it's even on. It's on Newsweek. Let's try that. Newsweek. So people don't go, oh, it's just this conservative uh, news source. Uh, this weekend, she trolled the president by, uh, in a letter to Turkey, Turkey President, Turkey President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. <laughs> Whatever. Whoever wrote this article for Newsweek should be fired. They should be shut uh, in their face. By sharing a fake letter from former President John F. Kennedy to former Premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev. Oh, isn't Hillary Clinton clever? Uh, Clinton shared the fake White House letter dated October 16, 1962, to Twitter on Sunday afternoon. <clears throat> In it, the former Secretary of State appears to mock Trump's allegedly childish tone in his letter sent to Erdogan. Found in the archives, it says, quote, Clinton tweeted alongside an image of the joke historic letter. The letter read this way, Dear Premier Khrushchev, don't be a... Must be a dick. It's got D and blank, blank, blank. Okay. It could mean dark. Get your missiles out of Cuba. The fake letter read Everybody will say, Yay, Khrushchev, you're the best. But if you don't, everybody will be like, What an a hole, and call your garbage country the Soviet bunion. You're really busting my nuts here, it concluded. Give you a jingle later. Hugs, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And here's a there's a picture of it with Kennedy's signature signature. The at the bottom. Now, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, the NRSC, senior advisor Matt Whitlock pointed out on Twitter that Clinton's fake letter originated in a Jimmy Kimmel live bit. <clears throat> Trump's original letter to Erdogan, dated October 9th, was obtained and shared online by Fox Business Trish Reagan and confirmed by the White House is authentic. In it, Trump encouraged his Turkish counterpart not to be a tough guy. Um, over his bombardments in North Syria and threatened to wreck the Turkish economy. I hate this when ads pop up and it shoves the article all over you're trying to read. Um, threatened to wreck the Turkish economy if Erdogan went too far with his invasion, which began shortly after the U.S. Uh, president announced his sudden decision to withdraw troops from the region. You don't want to be responsible for slaughtering thousands of people, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying the Turkish economy, said Trump. And now, of course, it's moved all over again because it keeps popping up windows on me. And I will destroy the economy, Trump's letter read. History will look upon you favorably if you get this done the right and humane way. It will look upon you to forever as the devil if good things don't happen. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. This is what Trump said to Erdogan of Turkey. Now, after the letter was made public, his critics, of course, Trump's critics, came out in hordes. Historians, politicians condemn the document and mock the president's allegedly childish tone. This is insane. Michigan Congressman uh, Justin Amash tweeted, an average student at one of the Americans failing high schools could write a more e effective letter than this. Democrat, Democratic Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton told Business Insider. And here we have the president of the White House sta stationary showing the entire world that he has no idea how to negotiate with a foreign leader. 
and this is his job. So sources close to Erdogan told BBC News that the Turkish leader thoroughly rejected the letter and chuckled it away and chucked it away in a bin. According to the Independent, Erdogan said on Friday in a press conference that Trump's letter was not in line with diplomatic and political courtesy. We will not forget this lack of respect, said Erdogan. He can shut the f up, dude. <coughs> yeah, he can. This is not a priority for us, but when the time comes, we would like it to be known that we will take the necessary steps. Erdogan. So how is this Erdogan, this psychopathic, radicalized freak, going to justify all of his little goombas running around Syria right now, slaughtering yeah. innocent women and children? Don't know. And he's talking about diplomatic courtesy because the way a letter was written, that's what he's talking about, but nobody's talking about him murdering innocent people right now in Syria? That's the thing. They're talking about Trump's childish language as opposed to what Erdogan is doing and in executing innocent people. Yeah. You know what? They can suck, right, bro? Yeah. And I don't care if the president, uh, maybe sometimes, have you ever been that way? You can be very diplomatic with somebody. Depends. And you can use high and mighty language with someone. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go, all right, and you push the sleeves up. Hell yeah, you, go, you all do. All right, mf -er. Let me tell you something to your face, you douchebag. Yeah, douchebag. You know? What's up, bro? What's up? What's up? So I think that was uh, that was uh, Trump's douchebag letter. He's like, hey, all right, we've been down this path. Now it's time to get down and dirty. So, you know, yesterday, Roberts, we talked about perception versus truth. Yes, we did. Okay. Dude, first off, fascinating. I think it's a fascinating conversation because... You know, we find ourselves in this matrix of opinions, right? Um, yes. Let's let's reference this for a second. What we're talking about here with Erdogan. So keep that article up. All right. When Trump first made the announcement that he was going to pull whatever a thousand, two hundred, whatever the numbers may be of U.S. military out of Syria or out of that area, and uh, pretty much gave Erdogan a green light. You know, we heard multiple different stories and multiple different opinions, opinions in okay. regards to what they thought. Like you have some part of the crowd was in supportive of it because we're tired of fighting endless wars. I agree with that because we're not liberating shit, right? So we're really right. not doing anything but protecting what the government wants us to protect. And then you had people upset because, and I was one of them, because we knew that this move, no matter what the overall agenda may have been, we knew that this was going to kill innocent people, not radicals, innocent people that are caught in the crossfire. Right. So when we talk about this, let's reference back to yesterday and what we talked about, you know, truth versus fact versus perception versus reality. Right. Right, right, right. You know, we don't know in this story what's right or wrong. The only thing I know and the only thing I care about right now, everybody will let all the other shows have their little debates on what they want to fight over in regards to whether this being a right move or a wrong move or using big words, trying to sound all smart and shit. The only yeah. thing I care about right now, bro, is that there are innocent children, innocent women, and innocent men, mothers, fathers, and children that are literally being murdered at the expense of what, right? What is the overall picture of this? What is the gain? What is the loss? What is just? And what's the purpose? What's the purpose? See, this is the shit I'm just tired of, dude. This is, I'm, I'm so sick and tired. And then our media, it's weird because 
You can talk to your friends in Egypt, right? I follow a few different groups in Syria. And it depending on where you source your information depends on what becomes your reality. Now, when I'm looking at these groups that I follow in Syria, their story is so different than Western media. If you go to like RT or any kind of Russian news, their story is completely different than Western media. If you go to Germany, Britain, their story is completely different than Eastern media. So how do we digest this? But yet at the same time, while we're all fighting over who's right and who's truth and who's fact, people are freaking being slaughtered. But no one does shit. We're worried about an effing letter that Trump wrote to Erdogan. And it's Erdogan, not Erdogan. I hate when people say Erdogan. Erdogan. You, You know what bothers me about this? And we hit on this a little bit during the break or before the show even. Um, is that all we see right now are all these stories of slaughter coming out over there, how Erdogan's murdering the Kurds, executing innocent people. These are things that are being brought out for the sole purpose, not just of letting the world know, but for another vehicle to be able to criticize the president's decision. We know this because every one of these stories we hear Trump's decision to has led to or uh, based on Trump's decision and so on. It's all there to criticize the president yet. And and they're using atrocity to do that now. No. Yet, how many years have we been hearing about slaughter in the Congo? Right. Hey, everybody out there, how many of you can cite for me a single article about the Congo that you've heard of? A single major news story on CNN about the slaughter of innocents in Congo. Six Uh, million. Six million people. But you don't hear about that. Why? Because it's not the vehicle to get the president. But this is very current news in the United States because Trump said, I'm going to pull our 28 guys out of there that were an observational force. And everybody wanted to blow this up and to see he doesn't know what he's doing. And so every story now about the slaughter that's taking place in Turkey is a, see, we told you Trump didn't know what he was doing, should just be put on the header. Do you think? Because all these stories about, how many stories have you all out there heard about the about Turkey over the last three years until Trump pulls 28 troops out? Nothing. Right. But now you're hearing it again. Why? Yeah. Because it's a vehicle to criticize by the press think that they're being able to legitimately criticize the president. They're not they're not reporting to you on what Erdogan is doing. They're reporting to you on what Erdogan is doing because the president pulled troops out of the way. And these are all the same people by the way criticizing him that would have criticized him for putting troops in there to be the police to the world. Uh, how many times has the left said over the years Rocky We, the United States, is not the police force for the world. Why are we in all these places? Get us out of there. But as soon as Trump pulls 28 troops out, what happens? The same people go absolutely apeshit that Trump has pulled. We're supposed to be there to prevent the Kurds from being wiped out by Erdogan. Well, wait, didn't you just say last year that we shouldn't be the police force for all these people? Yeah, that's a problem, dude. Uh, That's yeah, the problem yeah. with with um, tribalism. 
is that yep. tribalism will always defend what suits their emotional needs, not so much what's factual. And that's what we're referring to yesterday, bro. When when we talk about we become so addicted almost to our views that we become so confident that our views are the biblical way that this planet should be ran is that we will not absorb or digest anybody else's opinion because we think that we are effing God sometimes, you know? Well, that's it. What did you call that? What was it? The Dugan Kruger? What was that? Yeah. Um, I Dun, can't remember the, Dun the first Kruger, name. The Dunn-Kruger effect or something like that? Dunn-Kruger. Or something, something like, like that. that. Uh, you know, and it's just weird, and it's weird how even our Western media will sit here, like you were just uh, talking about, they will find their political agenda within a story and not give two shits. Now, you know, we when we talked about this whole migration thing, when this first started in Syria, what is it, 2011 maybe? So I can't remember for sure when it was. Dude, we, re- we reported on this extensively. We reported on the Congo extensively. Um, and I'm proud that we do it as horrifying as it is. I'm yeah. proud that we're recognizing, you know, some of the actual struggle that's going on around the world. And, and that's why I just can't be sold on that. This we're liberating shit because we're not dude. Right. Um, you know, and, and here's another thing too, is that we are living in a very unbalanced and unstable planet right now when it comes to humans. Right. And, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm not jumping subjects. This is kind of all one bigger picture. Sure. I, was, I was doing a little research on this Andrew Yang because I got a buddy who was so obsessed with him, he would probably yeah. lick his butthole if he was given permission to do it, you know? Right, right. I mean, obsessed, dude. And, um, you know, this Andrew Yang wants to give $1,000 a month to everybody over 18 years old because that's his method of stimulating the economy. A chicken in every pot. A chicken, right. So when you look at something like that, when you look at, you know, the the free health care, we know that there's a lot of poverty just south of the United States, you know, Mexico and uh, different South American countries. And so this is one of the reasons why we created a vacuum in this country of illegal immigration is because they can, if they can get here, then they're in the books. You know what I mean? So on top of this, now you start adding on a thousand dollars a month, dude, you don't think that that is going to create a major immigration issue, illegal immigration issue in this country for people wanting to be, have, you know, become citizens because of the free handouts. So when we live in this planet, when we live in this country and we're looking at all the different things that our little freakish faces are arguing over, and then we look at the true atrocities that are happening around the world. But yet we're focused on things that mean absolutely nothing. I think we lost our way a little bit, bro. What's up? Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. You know, and we sit here and we're debating whether <laughs> pulling out of Syria was the right or wrong thing. You all right, bro? Yeah, sorry about that. I hit my mute button and then hit unmute by accident. Oh, that looked a little intense. It looked like now it I'm hurt, back in. Dude. Damn, I'm okay. All right, bro. All right, I'm bro. okay. Don't try this at home, Don't folks. Don't try this at home. It just, it, this is why I'm so tired, man. This is, I'm so burnt out of this shit. Um, but of course, our job is to not be burned out about it. That's, that's the juxtaposition we go through. We're not supposed to be burned out about this because we're supposed to be talking about this stuff. We're supposed to be sharing views and talking and, and getting thoughts out there. Yet after a while, it's like, oh my God. I'm so sick of this because there are times you feel like I'm achieving nothing because nobody 
doing what they should do. There was a an, an interesting quote that came up uh, this morning over on my YouTube by uh, High Priestess, if you remember uh, her. She comes into our yep. uh, our shows every now and then. Mm-hmm. She put this up on her uh, her Instagram channel. No society wants you to become wise. It's against the investment of all societies. If people are wise, they cannot be exploited. If they're intelligent, they cannot be subjugated. They cannot be forced in a mechanical life to live like robots. They will assert their individuality. They will have the fragrance of rebellion around them. In fact, a wise person is a fire, alive, a flame, but cannot sell his life, cannot serve them. He would rather to die than to be enslaved. And what I see in that is the same reason uh, people don't want the, how, how am I connecting this? If you're smart, if you're intelligent, if you're wise, you're going to know these things and you're going to go out there. You're going to resist that. You're going to stand against the, uh, um, the, the, the conforms of society. Mm-hmm. But most of the people don't. They don't think. And one of the tools, I think, to get people in that position is to get it so convoluted, so complicated. So people just listen to what's said, and they're like, I'm going to go play baseball. Right. And they're, they're tired of listening to it. Do you think it's part of the strategy? I think that that is part of the strategy. I think in part, you just keep hammering away. That's an old strategy we know. You just keep hammering away at your message. Until you get people to believe what you're saying. Right. And uh, um, I think that's part of it. But people need to wise up. People need to smarten up. They need to figure things out. They need to think for themselves. Well, see, here's Uh, the scary part is that there's so many people that think they think for themselves, you know, and it took me a lot of years to realize that when I thought I was thinking for myself, I actually wasn't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you actually do start thinking for yourself, a lot of your views start to change, you know, not I radically. Do. I'm just saying this the way instead of being so tribal and, and you know, following the movement, you uh, you start formulating your own opinions. And, you know, your opinions are going to go against a lot. Of, see, this is what I said yesterday is that let's I referenced the Patriot movement, right? We, we all believe in the same thing. We just have different views in regards to that. That doesn't make us any less patriotic or any more patriotic. And there again, there's people out there fighting over who's more effing patriotic. I mean, that's pathetic bullshit. Um, right. It's be patriotic to your heart. Love your damn country. Don't treat a effing politician as if there's some kind of celebrity. Hold them accountable for shit. And if they say they're going to go into a country to liberate that shit, make sure they're truly liberating that shit. You know what I mean? That's right. And of course, now um, being patriotic in the recent weeks has been denounced as being uh, a chauvinistic. Remember that story when we talked about mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. That's the new lingo of the day now. Yeah, they can shut up. Come and get yep. some. What's up now? That's it. That's it. So anything traditional, anything that has been around for a while, anything old, anything tried and true is now to be discarded for all the new ways to define things, all the new uh, uh, constructs on words and meanings, all the redefining of things to match current politics has become so sickeningly stupid to keep up with. It's unbelievable. You know, how many times do you hear, even we do this sometimes, <clears throat> we'll start off a statement by saying, 
Now, we don't want to come across as homophobic or anti this or blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. We do that all the time. And you know what that is? That's us just we're 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 catering to it. Yep. Uh, Rather than just speaking our mind, we spend three quarters of what we're going to say apologizing for hopefully not coming across like the bad thing we told this is if you do it rather than just say it. Shit gets old, don't it, bro? It gets very old. This is why it's easier to talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and paranormal <laughs> and just because, you know what? It's fun, you know? It is. Politics becomes stupid. It's, be- I, it's, it's venomous. It is. That's why I, I've started, even in my own show, where I swore I would not talk politics. When I talked, I spent three days talking about impeachment. I said, I'm going to work very hard to not tell you about politics, but to talk to you about government civics this is why we have an impeachment clause this is what it means this is how many times uh the left has tried to impeach donald trump and so on and so forth um you can talk about facts but once you start getting into politicizing which is basically saying i'm going to share my position Uh, and it's not even that um this whole coming across as partisan uh, is what is a problem anymore because everybody recognizes anything you say as oh well that's just because you're a conservative or a Republican. I have more people tell me it's because you're a Republican, uh-huh. you GOPers, and I go ah sorry, thank you for playing. I'm not a Republican, but uh, uh, this is they like to pigeonhole people, and the pigeonholing creates the tribalism, which creates the venom that goes between the two tribes, oh, the constant warring. Damn, bro. So. I get tired of it. It's like, shut up. Shut up, dude. I'm seriously, I'm with you a thousand percent. I'm just, I'm not burnt out. It's, it's just there. Oh, me either. I'm not burned out. We dude, you know, we reference Syria and holy crap, dude. When we were doing the situation room before, dude, we got so deep into this stuff, man. We got yeah. so deep into it. The history of Syria, the, 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 uh, er, um, uh, not Erdogan, um, us, us, uh, Assad, you know, the history of his family and, yep. you know, all these different countries that tried to, to, you know, conduct coups in Syria. You know, my point is, and I keep coming back to this and I'm going to keep coming back to this is that while we sit here and continually go back and forth on who's right or who's wrong, I just hate the fact, dude, that we have these manufactured wars, right? Because we need to stimulate, you know, the economy through war. Um, it's, it's just, it's so easy for us to talk about, but you know, I don't think people would even know what to do if that same shit happened to us. You know, they would, they won't even know where to start. Kids don't yep. even know how to build a damn tent. They don't even know how to start a fire I unless know. they had a can of gasoline, you know? Um, and, and meanwhile, it, it, it becomes, it, it, it this is the Coliseum for us. This is our bread and circuses. Yeah. This is it, in a way, a form of entertainment for a lot of people on what goes on globally. And I don't mean entertainment as they enjoy watching it, but they're obsessed talking about it, but yet not obsessed enough to figure out a way to offer a solution. We it's, it's, it'll never end, dude. It'll, it'll never end. And it's pathetic and it's sad. Um, you know, all these people that want this utopian society, dude, I wish we could, man. I wish we could. could. We can't. I wish we could have sage parties. We could dance around fires naked and nobody be offended. You could breastfeed and squirt breast milk in people's faces in the grocery store. And people thought that shit would be fun. 
Or in a bar. Or in a bar. But <laughs> no, we, we become so, you know, I just say this to people. Before you get into politics, make sure you can handle the shit. And dude, we only yeah. got a minute left. What the hell just happened? You know what I found about this show? A good analogy for this show is like good sex. Ooh, All right? Sup. Listen to this. You have great sex. And it goes and goes and you're like, ah, yes. And you, you know, ah, ah, you lay back. I'm, I'm spent. I need to smoke now. And then you look at the clock and there's eight minutes left and you go, okay, hop on again and yeah. let's go. Let's just keep going. And that's the way our show is. Sometimes, sometimes this gets to a point where you're like, there it is. I've just laid everything open. And you look at the clock and you go, I still got six minutes to fill. How the hell are so, we going to fill on, that hop back on? So anyway, Scotty, we are down to the final few seconds here. Don't even know where that time went. Um, no more politics for the rest of the week. Let's make a deal right now. Tomorrow, let's talk Got about it. some crazy, funny shit. You know what I mean? Well, I'm bored. So, all right, folks. Hey, by the way, don't forget, Thursday night, we will be down at the Depot Bar and Grill in Hastings, Minnesota. Show starts at 8 o'clock Central. Get there early because we're going to be hanging out, having a couple of drinks and doing group hugs and shit because that's what we do. We do group hugs. Visit yeah. the website. All the information you need to know about everything is right there at streamingtalkradio.com. Streamingtalkradio.com. And, of course, visit Odyssey Radio and Mojo 50 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, from our family to yours, much love, much respect. And rule number one, don't take shit from nobody. Good night, folks. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.